everyone. This is Dr. Colleen Meyer with Meyer and Mintz. We're presenting with today, we have Angel on Fearless in Pink. Angel, tell us a little bit about you. Hi, so my name is Angel Garachigoya, and I am a director of risk for a national bakery, as well as a CEO of a small company called Beauty and Beast in Business. So tell us a little bit about Beauty and Beast in Business. And so what do you do? What does your company do? Tell us all about it. So I have created a quarterly online publication, and I recognize that there were a lot of women and just business owners really during the COVID time who haven't had a chance to kind of get in front of some new people, network, you know, meet a new market. And I thought, why not grab some amazing authors, put in some, you know, beauty tips and create advertisement opportunity for some businesses who actually have a service or a product that business women can use or a business woman who's trying to sell those products. In addition, I'll be having two events uh, in 2020. My first one is April 22nd, which is virtual. We've already maxed out at 100 women. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, the next one, probably at the end of the year, will be in person. I'm also creating some virtual I would say workshops for young people that are really going to be teaching them life skills, mm. teaching them self-branding. Um, it's really difficult when you're going from high school or newly going from college into the business world and the corporate world. And they don't really recognize the power of networking or creating their own personal brand, thinking that I'm just an employee and I don't own a company. Well, we really want to recognize that even as a person, we are a brand. We mm -hmm. have to sell ourselves in the corporate world for our expertise, for our experience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we want to make sure that we show up well. So some of those courses are really going to be kind of directed towards young people mm -hmm. and kind of help them grow naturally and give them some skills, some resources and tools that they need to be extremely successful in the corporate world. You know, it's amazing. It seems like you have a heart for giving a servant leader. So that's amazing. So what made you, what, let's go back to an earlier time with Angel and tell us, you know, what made you decide that you were going to step out and you wanted to create a business that's going to connect women. It's going to help young people find their identity and find their way. When did that first start for you? Um, I've always wanted to kind of have a business or a nonprofit of my own. Mm -hmm. um, I really didn't believe I could actually do it until just a few years ago. And about three years ago, I was mentoring um, some women within my industry. Mm -hmm. And I was getting connected with a lot of other women who had questions about just regular career things. And so I thought, why not put on these events that I can bring in a financial advisor, an attorney, bring mm -hmm. in these other women who have expertise to help us, I like to say, navigate risk and cultivate life. And so we want to, we don't want to be risk adverse. And I think that that's really what the issue is right now. Mm -hmm. Over the last few years, we've seen people say, you know, you either want to just get in front of it and do it all and risk it all. Or some people who are like, no, we want to avoid that. And the problem is if you completely avoid risk, you don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. If you don't recognize the risk and you jump head first, 
well, sometimes things don't turn out so nicely. And so being able to see what our risks are in 401k and our retirement, what is our risk as we ask for, let's say a promotion or a bonus from our job? What are these risks in our careers, our life every day? And so I started to recognize that I wasn't the only one who had these questions. Uh-huh. And our first event, we had nearly 40 women. Um, in 2019 and 2018, over about 14 months, we had 11 events that ranged wow. from 40 to 250 people throughout oh California. Yeah. That's and- amazing. It was amazing. I I love it. You feed off of the people because I believe in sisterhood. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I I would always open up the events saying this is a safe place. This is a place where we want to support one another. We want to be vulnerable. We want to ask questions so that we can learn and grow. And uh, I had this one thing which I would give for every event a bracelet charm to all our attendees and Mm -hmm. every event had a different bracelet charm and it was really neat towards the end because I would say well have you been to our prior events and you know these women would have three or four bracelet charms and Mm -hmm. you know it was really amazing but when COVID hit well you know that kind of put an end to our in-person events and at the same time I had a nonprofit. And I was really working with children here in the Inland Empire, providing new clothes, school supplies. You know, I remember what it was like to grow up and whether it was me or whether it was the people around me who may not have had what they needed for necessities. And I promised myself that one day I would be able to give back. And so that's really what this whole thing is about. And uh, as I transitioned during COVID from my prior businesses into beauty and beast in business, I thought, why not just grab those two things that I love, which is supporting and empowering women, mm-hmm. as well as supporting and empowering young people and children and put those two things together. You know, I find that amazing that you're doing that. And, you know, there's such a need. You know, it's interesting that you talk about risk, because when I was doing my dissertation and I was studying in women, gen- uh, women business owners in, in general, you know, I found that the studies showed that women tend to be more risk, you know, that we want to stay away from it more than our male counterparts. We have more of a a fear of uh, failure than our male counterparts. So an example would be like women are not all women. We can't say we can't, you know, lump everybody in the same box, Mm -hmm. but a lot of women that are thinking about going into business or starting out a business you know, they're more likely to use a credit card or borrow money from mom or dad or family members or, or use their savings or 401k. You know, they're more, like, they're more likely to do that than go out and get a loan. Because mm-hmm. I think when you get a loan for a lot of women, not all, but a lot of women, that becomes real. And you have to pay that back. And it becomes, okay, what if I fail that I'm stuck with this debt? So they become more um, risk. Um Versa. They don't want to deal with the risk. If there's a risk, they're going to step back. And it's interesting. And I think a lot of that comes down to maybe like self-efficacy or self-esteem. And, you know, maybe some of the challenges that we might have faced growing up in the society and or in our family. Tell me what you think about that. And, and what do you think causes that in some women? So I've talked to hundreds of women. And one mm-hmm. of the 
you know, things that I love to do is really have that communication and that talk and find out who they are and why they do things or don't do things. Mm -hmm. But I'm also an avid reader and I love to research as well. And so what I've seen is there's a pattern. And first, let's really start about our community and our culture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Young girls are raised not so much now, but you know, when I was growing up and even before, um, there's this thought of we're gonna put them in ballet and we don't want them jumping off walls. And we don't, so it's like, be careful, don't skin your knees, sit right here, be a good girl, be quiet, like, you know, behave. And when sometimes we get to a point where they're trying to speak their minds, they're trying to get things through. And again, they're told to be quiet or behave. Mm-hmm. And that becomes ingrained because then what happens is as we get older, we think, well, if we're speaking our truth or we're speaking up or we may be asking questions that other people aren't comfortable answering, it it becomes as if we are the bad person or we are doing something we're not supposed to do. And that's where a lot of the risk aversion comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that just comes, I mean, I remember in school asking questions and if I didn't understand, I would ask and I would ask again. And I was told, you know, you, you just, just got to follow along. Um, and so that would then quiet me down. And uh, other things are, you know, the thought process of, you know, before while we raise or many people raise their kids, their young women thinking, well, you're going to get married, you're going to have a family, you know, the fairy tales of Prince Charming is going to come and, and when that happens, you know, you hold down your home and that's pretty much all you have to do. Well, that's not real life. And what happens is we don't know how to handle it. We start to experience things and we're bringing along all of that luggage of that culture or that training that has been happening over time. And so when I really first started talking about risk, I thought about risk management in the industry. That's kind of what I did. But I realized that wasn't it. As I talked to women or I talked to people in general, especially young people, um, it was the fear of, you're right, the fear of failing something. What happens if I fail, then I'm not good enough. And in society, you know, that thought process is you got to go for the gold and you have to be the best and you have to, well, you know, the problem is you can't be the best and you can't go for the gold if you're not taking those little steps. You know, those, let's say NBA players or those NFL players, they didn't get to be there by not, you know, getting hit and striking out and, you know, having those failures, but they continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. The other issue is that we see, we raise our young boys to do that, right? So we're like, you know, persevere, keep going, rub some dirt on that knee. And so those those kind of cultures revolve around how we do that. And, And then that becomes their expertise when they get into the business world, they can go and ask for a raise And they can know 40% of a job and they're like, yeah, I deserve that raise because I know 40% of this job or I deserve that job. I'm going to apply for it because I know these things. Whereas in a woman, we're like, well, we know 80%, but you know, they're going to question me about that 20% and I don't know that. And so I'm not going to apply for that job. And really Mm. it's important to understand what risk is. And so as I talk to people and I, mentor or coach and teach people about risk, I tell them, you understand what risk is. Risk is knowing that you may lose something to gain something. And we have a risk in everything that we do from our jobs to when we get married, to raising our kids, to 
going to the grocery store, you name it. There's always, there's always two sides of that. But when we're looking at those large things, like whether we're going to go to college or what are we going to major in? What is our career going to be? Um, you look at it and I always tell them, sit down with a piece of paper and say, okay, here are these, here's these options that I have or these thoughts that I have. Now, each one of those, let's say you have three, there's also two ways to get there at the minimum. If you take route A, this is the probable cause or this is the probable outcome. If you take route B, this is the probable outcome. And what makes it different? Is it money? Is it time? Is it work? It's the same thing for every option. And so now you look and you're like, okay, yes, it's risky, but I know, or I can tell each avenue I need to take, what the work is to get to that, what I may lose, what I may gain, what the probable outcome is going to be. Mm -hmm. And that then allows you to have a better idea of, okay, I think this is the best route for me right now. And this is probably going to happen. Now, if something comes out of the blue and it whacks you one, you may have to pivot. But once you learn that you can find your options, you can determine the avenues to get there and the steps to get there and what the probable outcome is. No matter what comes your way, you can pivot and do the same thing. And you pivot the other way and you do the same thing. And that's really what success is made out of. You know, I find it interesting, um, like you were talking about with, um, you know, childhood and, you know, how we're raised. And, and, and you look at, I find this fascinating because when I was working on my dissertation on women business owners and we were looking at risk, what I found is, you know, a lot of young girls, and when I say young girls, I'm going to say below, let's say 11 and below, mm-hmm. and roughly 11 and below. And, you know, they don't have that fear of failure, like adult women. You know, my, my granddaughter, she would go out and she would ride um, dirt bikes, and she'd be the only little girl out there on a dirt bike, racing all these boys and winning her little, tro- standing up there with her trophies and winning. And... I was thinking about that, but when do little girls, and she's not the only one, you know, the little girls are out playing boys and with boys in sports and they're, and then at a certain point about 11 or 12, I don't know if it's, if it's puberty or if it's what it is, but all of a sudden they lose their self-esteem, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it becomes, well, I can't do that. Well, I can't, you know, I can't, you know, when do they, they don't even think when they're little children, they don't think twice about getting on a bike or, uh, or playing baseball or doing whatever against another little boy. So, so what I find is so interesting at that age gap that there's that shift and, mm-hmm. and we lose, that's when I think we start losing our, um, our confidence. And I think going back as little girls are growing up, you know, if they're, if a little boy gets out there and he's like, Hey, duh, 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 they're going to say, Oh my God, he's got leadership skills. Oh, he's a leader. Right. If a little girl goes up there, rah, 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 they're going to say, oh, you're being a brat or even worse, the other B word. You're being a little B word, you know, and it's like and it reminds me of of the book Sheryl Sandberg wrote called Lean In. When you're when you're in a corporate environment, a corporate boardroom, women tend to lean back where men tend to lean in. And I think that's what happens. There's that shift where somehow girls are starting to lean back. It's a comprehension. They get to puberty, they get to an age where, you know, things get to be said, they see things, 
Um, there's a bigger comprehension of who they are, how they fit into their surroundings, how they fit into a specific group, a clique, let's say. Um, sometimes they want to fit into a specific one, and that means becoming or creating themselves into a into what it is that you know fits that kind of mold. Um, and so not only that, you know, honestly, I remember being told by a teacher when I was in high school that I would be nothing more than the product of my surroundings. And, you know, you, you think about how they can say something like that to a young person, but that stuck with me for a very long time. And I remember, you know, other little girls who's, or even teenagers whose parents were like, you know, you can't afford to go to college. So you're going to get a job and, you know, you get that job, you're going to get married and that's what your focus is. So, you know, there's just the focus has changed. And we see that now I have a 23 year old daughter. I have a 15 year old daughter. Um, and, you know, I, I see as they've grown older, them go through exactly what you said, go from, you know, just pushing the limits to kind of leaning back a little bit. And so through these ages, through, you know, high school and right after high school, um, I've really taken time to kind of help them and support them and find out, you know, what is going on? How do we, how do we make you feel confident? And again, a lot of that has to go with knowledge. And that's a big thing. And I don't care if you go to college or you're picking up knowledge from your library and reading a book or reading blogs or listening. But when we learn something, when we know something, we then have the confidence to go in front of people and say, oh, I get this. I understand this. I know this. Um, when we don't have that knowledge, it we don't speak up as much. And not only that, it's finding our voice. So I love that. Yeah. What I, what I notice is that this generation, they seem to find their voices a little bit earlier than we did. I did not I find my voice until I was nearly, I would say 40, my 40th birthday. I kind of just dug my heels in and I said, you know what? No, it's time. Like it's time to find your voice. And what are you going to do with it? Um, and so now it's really important for me to amplify the voices of other women, which is, part of this publication and what I do as well, because I want those women who maybe don't have the confidence to speak up, be able to put that in writing so that we can amplify that or for them to talk to me and give me their stories so that we can tell that story so that all these other young women or women of every age uh -huh. who might connect with that say, oh, well, she's doing that. I can do that as well. Let's support one that's another. Right. And, you know, we talked about the dreaded bees. And mm -hmm. that's really where I came up with beauty and beast in business. So when I thought about this slogan and this brand, um, and this, you know, trademark for my company, it was really the thought that women for generations have fit into two boxes and that's the face. That's the beauty. Oh, she's so cute, but she's probably not that smart. And oh you know, God, that is so true. the other one is the beast. Um, she's too aggressive. You know, nobody wants to work under her because, you know, she just brings the hammer down. Well, it's multiple things that go into that because first it is maybe for the face where we don't have that confidence. And so it's that we don't have that strength to speak up or we haven't figured out how to navigate that yet, right? Uh -huh. And so it's not that we don't have the knowledge, it's just that we're not sure how to utilize our voices. And if we're in the other side, 
it's not that we are beastly and aggressive. It's that we do know what we're doing and we expect that these things are going to be done right. And as Uh a manager, in order to gain the respect, you know, um, we are telling people this is what needs to be done. And unfortunately, it may not be taken that way. Uh Or I've also seen where we become, I would say we take on what the culture and what the world thinks about as masculine traits, which is, you know, the timeliness and all of these things. And so those traits, people look at them and they go, oh, those are manly traits. And that means that you're being this and you're being that. And so Beauty and Beast in Business was really an evolution about finding that balance. How do we recognize that we can have, and not just outer beauty, I'm talking about inner beauty, our souls, our hearts, our minds, how we treat other people, how we support and we give, that is beauty. And that beast, it's okay to have strength. It's okay to have perseverance. It's okay to have a voice and to utilize it and to advocate. So how do we find that balance between both. And it's not always 50-50. And not every, you know, once we find it, maybe this job or this discussion includes 60-40, but then you go into another event or another location or another job and you got to kind of switch those around because, yeah. And so it's finding that. And, And for me, it's really telling women and telling young girls, it's okay. It's okay to be both. You have every opportunity to do both. We want to be both. Um, And, you know, your balance is not my balance and that's okay. That is okay. You know, that, you know, this, when I came up with Fearless and Pink, you know, my daughter's a cultural anthropologist and a feminist and she's like, mom, ugh, pink. And, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, no, wait, hear me out. Hear me out. But it's, to me, like you were saying, to me, it was in order to be strong, we had to be masculine, you know, and I grew up, when I grew up, when I, when I was first getting into business, we had the big, you know, shoulder pads and under, you know, our jackets. Yeah. Thank you for that, Angel. <laughs> and, and anyway, and, um, but, but I thought about it and I'm like, no, no, we can still be strong without being masculine. We can still be strong in our femalehood in our womanhood, we don't have to be, you know, to be male-ish or male traits in order to be fearless. We can be fearless as a, in, in our own skins as a female. And that's, and that's what I was trying to sing. And she was like, okay, mom. But at first when I threw the pink out there, she's like, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're creating that, you know, um, like a stereotype, but I was trying to say, no, I want to use it as a is a representation of that we can be fearless as females. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's, you know, very similar to, you know, what you're saying, you know, what's okay for us. And I, and I, and I, I just, Angel, I really, I, you know, you're going and talking to girls and, and spending time with them and telling them, Hey, you can, you can be this beauty and, and beast at some point, And they're going to go up and down based on your, what, what situation you're in. But how do we get it into, in, you know, we can tell them, but it has to go from here to the heart. Um, and, you know, I think that a lot of it, what I see is you go to social media and social media has this portrayal or this idea of 
you know, what success means and, you know, what specific things are you're supposed to be in order to be successful and who you're supposed to be. And so what we see is we see young girls, you know, they do, everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be loved. Everybody wants somebody to hit that like button on their social media. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is it for? And so, you know, what they've been shown and what they've been told over and over and over again is, you know, they see these, the, you know, Jenners or whoever, and, you know, you're supposed to look like this and you get a thousand likes. Yeah. You, you, you get a thousand likes when you do these things and whatever it may be. And so we have to continue as women, as even male counterparts, like I, I tell my husband all the time, like if, you know, you have to be able to instill in our, our children and our daughters, you know, the ability to grow, the ability to speak up, the ability to stand their ground and advocate for themselves and advocate for others. And if most of society is not saying that, that's where it becomes very hard because they're being jaded early on. And so it takes us to, to, go and talk to them and to give our time and to donate our time to work and mentor and, you know, create programs that show them something else. And, and that's really what's important. You know, we talk about the business world and we see these huge CEOs, whether it's PepsiCo or it's whatever, and we're seeing these women and we're seeing women of color and we're seeing, you know, um, cross-sectional women getting into these great, places but nobody shows all the hard work nobody shows thank you all the times they've fallen and every time they've been stopped and all the barriers they've had to go around and underneath and you name it they only see that success and therefore people go oh I can't attain that like they're the CEO of PepsiCo or they're the CEO of whatever this large company is Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just a young girl or I'm just a woman who came from this tiny town and I don't have any money. So there's no way I can accomplish that. Right. We're not giving or society doesn't give enough steps. How do we get there? The first step is goal setting. And then we set our goals and we track them. And then, you know, we recognize what needs to come next and we get involved with organizations or women on a next level so that we're mentored and we Mm -hmm. read books and we, so these are the steps that we need to get so that that is attainable. That's what we have to show our young people. And, you know, and I had a friend of mine, um, she wrote a dissertation on women in STEM, you know, and um, actually, I guess her target was um, high school girls and getting them into STEM and she was studying them. And I think that we need to get away too from the, um, you were talking about, you know, everybody wants to be accepted and loved. And, you know, we, you know, we, our girls, because of, you know, the, our Hollywood type society and, you know, we're very um, youth and beauty focused in our country, you know, we don't celebrate you know, woman, if a woman girl wants to be popular and have all these likes, she's going to do, you know, I'm going to do this all up, right? But we need to make it okay for them too to get, you know, feel strong and powerful getting into sciences and math and, and those technology because women are smart and they can do that. Yeah, it, it's the knowledge and it's making it, I, I love to see 
all these women that are out there right now making a difference. Mm -hmm. I love to see, you know, that's why it's important that my publication includes women from across the US and we have attorneys and we have, you know, um, CEOs and we have women in different realms of business. And I even have my 15 year old who's mm -hmm. writing a one page, you know, one page article. And she has what we call Leilani's list that mm -hmm. talks about different things. The first uh, publication really, she listed 10 women and young girls who are making a change in the world. And the publication that just came out April 1st um, was three things that high schools should teach young people. And mm -hmm. it was life. I love that. It was financial empowerment. Mm -hmm. It was um, health, personal health. And it, it's really, you know, amazing to me that, you know, she has these ideas um, and, and she's like, well, I, I said, write it down. I'll help you edit this. Like, it doesn't have to be extreme, but I want you to have a page. I want you to have a voice. So I want to be able to teach her how to do that. And she's connecting with other young girls. Um, you know, sometimes I hear her on the phone or they're FaceTiming each other. Mm -hmm. And recently, you know, we were talking about uh, breast cancer. And so she started talking about self exams and all of her friends who are all in high school, they were like, I don't even know what that is. What's a self exam? Why would you, you know? So here she is on, wow. you know, FaceTime teaching them what that is and, you know, over her t-shirt showing and, and, and this is where, and under your arm and, you know, this is what you're looking for. And this is, and to me, I'm thinking, oh my God, that's amazing because how many lives can be saved like that if we have other girls standing up and teaching girls their own age and we're teaching these girls how to do that how to share the information and the other thing I really really teach is I teach sisterhood mm -hmm. so you know women can be hard on women um you That's know not it's not always people say oh it's just always the men and women and this and that no to me it's inclusive everybody on any side any gender any anything you know we have good we have bad we have harsh we have you know all of these things and we have bullies and sometimes women can be harsh on women and it's for many different ways many different things whether they say it whether they, you know, reject them to hire them or whatever it may be. And that's because so many times we've been told, oh, you have to have a seat at the table. Well, when people say a seat at the table, now as women, we see one seat. We see a table with 15 chairs, but we're just looking at that one seat because guess what? We have to fill that one seat with a woman. And now we're all gathered at that company and everybody is pushing and pulling and fighting to get that mm -hmm. one seat. So my thought process and what I teach is there's not one seat, there's 15 seats. And so when you take that one seat at the table, let's turn back to our sisters and say, okay, you know what? There's 14 other seats here. You deserve a seat. How are we going to work you through the process so that you get one? How are we going to mentor you? How are we going to provide you resources? So we don't want to look at our sisters as competition. We want to look at our sisters as women who we can support and they can support us. So when we teach our young girls that mindset as well, we're trying to avoid the bullying. We're trying to avoid this thought process that one is better than the other for whatever they look like or what they know or where they came from or how much money do they have right so um I, I really 
think it's important. And those are what I speak. I speak from the heart. And I tell people, when, whether you meet me in the boardroom or you meet me at the beach, you meet the same person. And I think that is also very important. You know what? Um, you're amazing. You Thank know, you. you really are. And, um, and you're, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you're doing a great job raising your girls to be strong. And that's amazing too. If someone's watching this or listening to this and they want to get a hold of you, can you tell us a little bit about how they can do that? And we'll post it on the, on the Facebook, in the comments and in on the podcast and on YouTube, we'll put it inside the, the, the um, information portion of it, but go ahead and share right now how they can get a hold of you. So you go to www.beautyandbeastinbusiness. There's no the beautyandbeastinbusiness.com. And from there, you have a link to my LinkedIn. Um, you can send me an angel, uh, email at angel at beautyandbeastinbusiness.com. I have an Instagram page as well as a Facebook. So pretty much any social media, you should be able to contact me. Okay, great. Well, thank you for coming on, Angel. It was been it was really a insightful, interesting conversation. And I thank you and I appreciate you for that very much. Thank you so much for having me. 